Hey, hey, habit thrivers. If you're ready to rock your next chapter, this is your place. It's time to live your most fit, fearless, and fabulous life. I believe that our daily habits and routines set the foundation for achieving our dream lives and help us find more passion and clarity with less doubt and uncertainty. So let's get cozy. Grab your planner and your favorite beverage and come along with me on this journey of reclaiming your passions and finding new ones along the way. Hey there, Habit Thrivers, and welcome to episode number 49 of your Habit Thrive podcast. I have a treat for you today, a wonderful interview discussion with Mel Mason, who is the clutter expert and author of an amazing ebook called Freedom from Clutter, the guaranteed foolproof step-by-step process to remove the stuff that's weighing you down. And we have a fantastic discussion about the stuff. Mel generously shares her journey, her experiences that have brought her to where she is now with her relationship with clutter and her relationship with the world. So wherever you are, you might be sitting amongst your clutter right now, which is just fine, or grab a coffee tea and sit on your front or back deck and enjoy our discussion. I wish you lots of ahas and perhaps even a new perspective, maybe a fresh approach moving into the spring and summer around your clutter. Hey Mel, I am so over the top excited to be speaking with you today. So first of all, I'm going to say welcome, welcome. Oh, so good to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Lori. I'm I'm honored to share the stage with you. Well, when we first met, and this has actually just been recently, so we are in a group together and I just felt your energy right away and even outside of the decluttering topic for sure because, and it's funny, I was thinking about this for my podcast listeners week to week. We did a podcast episode last week on how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so I really picked up on that from, again, just a few a few short discussions. And then I was curious. So I dug into um, some of your material around, well, around decluttering your book that we are going to come full circle around at the end of our time together, Freedom From Clutter and just mesmerized. So I am actually going to ask you right from the get-go, Mel, how you came to your work in decluttering, helping others, sharing your process, your journey to move people forward. So I'm going to turn it over to you right from the get-go. Awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for the question. Thanks for the opportunity to share, because really, I think one of the only things uh, when you hear a little bit about my story, one of the only things that really kept me going and kept me alive through everything that I experienced was knowing that one day my experience would benefit others. It wasn't for not. I wasn't experiencing all of this trauma just to have these experiences, but that it would be used to help others someday. Did I have any idea it was going to be me becoming the clutter expert? No, no idea. But for me, I didn't get my name the clutter expert by accident. So growing up, I was actually a cluttered mess. 
you could not walk in my room. Most people have actual pathways that you could walk through to get to places. If you walked in my room when I was growing up, like you were literally taking your life in your own hands because you could fall and break your neck. <laughs> okay, like you could fall and break your yeah. neck. And I was in such a dark place already. I experienced a lot of trauma and loss early in life. And I'll go into that in a second, but I was in such a dark place already that I didn't want to even be in a body on a plant on this planet, never mind do anything about my room. And every once in a while, my mom would get pissed enough and get tired of looking at it that she would finally clean it. Now, credit and kudos to her. She did an amazing job. It yeah. always looked phenomenal. She got rid of shit. It looked good. But what would inevitably happen is that it would go right back to the cluttered mess over and over and over again. I hear that. I, yeah. Now, I don't know if any of your listeners out there can relay, like clear off a surface, organize the closet, and then the clutter comes back, right? So what I didn't realize at that point in my life, it wasn't until I like looked back when I launched my business and I'm like, why am I even in this work? And I figured it all out. But when I looked back, I realized that the outside is only a mirror reflection of what's going on inside. And because of the trauma and loss that I experienced in my life, I was what I considered littered with clutter on the inside. Now, I won't go into a ton of detail because we don't have a ton of time, but just to touch on a few things. And if you don't relate with any of these traumatic experiences, you don't need to have a big hairy trauma in your life to experience the inner clutter that I'm going to talk about. Because just the fact that you were born human, came out of a nice, warm, cozy womb into this planet is traumatic enough. And you probably went through school and moved maybe and had to change schools and lost friends or you had a friend move away on you. I mean, I even have, I remember my best friend when I was a kid, like I was like five years old. She moved away. I never knew because I was so young. Like, I don't remember her last name. My parents don't remember her last name. So I could never find her. I still remember that loss to this day, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah. traumatic for a kid, right? So if you don't relate to what I'm going to share in a second, you don't need to, you don't, you don't need to have those big traumatic experiences to experience what I call the inner clutter that I'll get into in a second. So when I was four years old, my parents divorced, they separated. And when you're a kid, you take on that as your responsibility. It's like, oh, if I wasn't born, maybe they would still be together. I was the problem, right? If I didn't come along. And so then you have this belief that you create about yourself that you're a problem. So we have these limiting beliefs, one of the many forms of inner clutter. Um, and then at the age of eight years old, I had a lot of sexual abuse happen. I had sexual trauma and I had sexual trauma from three different perpetrators at the age of eight. And one of those perpetrators was actually my older brother. He was five years older than me. And when I turned around when I was 15 years old, he actually committed suicide. And I wound up discovering his body. And when I did, he left a suicide note that basically left his entire belongings to me. The 15 year old cluttered mess. Like I was already a mess. Yeah. I already didn't want to be on a body on a planet. And now I lose my older brother and now I get to go into his apartment 
and I get to go through everything that he owns and decide what I'm keeping, what other people can have, and all of that stuff. And so that was almost the nail in my coffin. Like that was almost the thing that took me over because I was going to commit suicide just like he did. I didn't care. I didn't want to be here. And as a result of that, my high school pretty much deemed that I was unsafe to myself and unsafe to others. And they're like, you need to go get some help. And so at 15 years old, I got shipped off to go live in a residential treatment center for adolescents. And unbeknownst to me, it would be the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Because while I was living there, I was introduced to yoga and mindfulness. And ultimately, in a nutshell, what yoga and mindfulness taught me was how to be present for all of the inner clutter. Now, what is the inner clutter? So you're not all like, what is this inner clutter stuff, right? So I call the inner clutter all the stuff that starts to accumulate as a result of our inability or not knowing how to process it, what to do with it, and things like that. So what the inner clutter is, is unprocessed emotions, whether it's from trauma and loss or just unprocessed emotions, like you you get yelled at by your parents from when you're a kid and you feel something, but you don't know what to do with it. So you stuff it down, right? You don't know what to do with it. You don't know how to just feel it and let it be and let it ride. You know, emotions are energy in motion. Let them stay in motion, right? Exactly. So you have these unprocessed emotions that get stuck. And then from zero to eight years old, you don't have a filter. And so everything that you're told, you believe to be true. Yeah. And then you make up things about yourself, about those things. So it's what we call the, we all operate on beliefs. Beliefs are how we operate. It's our programming, right? Some beliefs are supportive and some beliefs are not supportive. And so we have these limiting beliefs that we take on that keep us stuck in our little small box, right? And so there's the unprocessed emotions, there's the limiting programming that we accumulate from zero to eight. And then we have, as we go through life, we have resentments towards people and we have fears and then we have our judgments, right? And all of that stuff gets stuck. And because we can only as humans we can't see ourselves so there's this principle in operation called the principle of correspondence and it states as above so below or as within so without so what that really means is that our external environment reflects us back to us so that we can see ourselves because it's the only way we can and my insides were a mess obviously so therefore my external environment was a mess and i wasn't trying to get organized it wasn't on my radar i didn't care if i lived or died but what is so powerful about learning how to be willing to look at the inner clutter that had accumulated through the practice of mindfulness was that the first thing that happened was I got the desire to live again. Like I actually wanted to be in a body on this planet and believed that what I went through had a purpose, that it would be used someday. Amazing. 
But what happened, like I call it like magic almost because my clients look at me today like there's no way this works. But when they do what I teach them, like they get the results and it's so powerful. But what happened as a result of that willingness to look at the inner clutter was that I spontaneously and effortlessly started to create order in my environment. Makes sense. And I went from someone who was completely fine living in chaos and filth to someone who could no longer tolerate disorder anymore. And so I went from this cluttered mess to like someone who loves creating order out of chaos. And then every job in my life required severe organization skills until I got the idea to actually launch an organizing business. But the core of what I teach is that the outside is only a mirror of the inside. And until you address the root, the clutter will keep coming back. That's why you clear a surface, you organize your closet, you get the car parked in the garage again. But inevitably what happens is the clutter will just come right back. So that's why you're going from the outside in, not the inside out. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I teach is I finally figured out how to keep the clutter coming back once and for all. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thank you so much for your sharing, for your openness. You and I just spoke briefly before we uh, before we started. And I said, like, I run away from this stuff screaming. I'm just like, <laughs> there is no inner clutter. There is no, uh, even looking back, some things that we talk about being traumatic. And, and as you identify right from the beginning that it doesn't have to be a huge, intense happening, but it's, it's starting to make that relationship between why are we holding on to, I'm going to use the example of you know, papers from my my father who had passed away over 20 years ago and death and divorce and all the traumas that we've all, we don't get through life, as you said, without. I mean, this is life. This is, um, I, I think of John, when we talk about mindfulness, I think about John Kabat-Zinn and his yeah. books, full catastrophe living like that is just that is just the description of it but your as you talk about because this is where I am stuck is in the decluttering and the organizing and the cleaning and feeling and I can feel that I honest to goodness I exactly what you say that feeling from the inside out and then the paper goes back down on the the desk and then it starts again and So, and this was, you know, when you talk about this from the process that you've gone through to find order, it just, it, it gives me goosebumps. It makes so much sense for us as human beings. And to know that I'm going to say, I thought about this actually, when I was looking through your material as well, that I worked with a professional organizer probably over 20 years ago. I had actually forgotten. It was a friend, a colleague, right, who had um, who had started a business. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I was knee deep in all of this. And I tell you, there were some issues at that that time for for sure. I remember going to a doctor of naturopathic medicine around the same time who said I had an angry liver. But that's a whole other (laughs) 
So, well, that's actually the first line that clutter shows up in yeah. is because it's clutter isn't just the stuff. People think of clutter oh, and they hear the word stuff. And I love that you're bringing this up because the body is the first thing that screams out. Like you get symptoms in your body. Your body is like, hello, because the outside is a mirror. So your body's first and then your environment. And, you know, like when you're pointing the finger at one person, you got four fingers pointing back at yourself. If you're calling someone something, you got that mirror reflection, right? Well, the other thing is that clutter isn't just the stuff. Clutter manifests in so many different ways. So if you maybe don't have piles accumulating in your house, but maybe you might relate to some of these. Maybe you're carrying a few extra pounds on your body. That's body clutter. Maybe you're too busy and you don't have enough time. You're always in that overwhelm. Right. Yes. Yeah. So that's yes. another manifestation of clutter. And then all kinds of addictions, whether it's to food, to social media, to drinking, to drugs, to gambling, to whatever. That's another manifestation being in unhealthy relationships, you know, how, how many people have been in an unhealthy relationship, they've left the relationship, got into a new relationship, and it was the same relationship, but a different face, right? Yes. Yes. So just like yes. the clutter coming back or the weight coming back from the fad diet, the relationship comes back because the inside hasn't changed. Same with the debt cycle. You get into debt, you get out of debt, but then you're right back into debt and you get out of debt, right? It's like, these are just external manifestations of the same internal condition. And that's why the premise of my business is actually, it is your birthright to thrive in every area of your life. And clutter is anything that gets in the way of it. Oh, so good. Oh my gosh. Stop in the flow. Yeah, and so what's powerful about what I teach, this one practice that I teach, this willingness to look, when you actually become willing to look, every area of your life improves. So not only did I have clutter, but I was, we don't have time to go into all this, but I mean, I was a crack cocaine addict at 18. I was a crystal meth addict and homeless on the streets in San Diego in my 20s. I was in a 12-year unhealthy relationship. I was 170 pounds in the worst shape of my life. I was in debt. I mean, I had all I had all the manifestations. And now I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm in a healthy relationship with myself right now. And, you know, the clutter's gone. I'm sober. You know, all of the areas are constantly improving and getting better and better because of the one practice that I teach my clients. So when you become willing to look, Every area of your life will get better, not just the clutter. Oh, so we are we are going there, my dear. <laughs> we we Let's are, go. Yeah, we are absolutely going there. And I must say too, because uh, Mel and I were talking beforehand, some of the podcasters will do. I'm almost there, but I have to clear some of my clutter in terms of my agenda and my limiting beliefs actually about what I can handle this has all been part huge part of this process of just um going through mel's um material but if you could see her right now she's actually in a contest as well to be on and we were i didn't say i was gonna write we didn't say we're going to to talk but i had to because i can see her and she is 
unbelievably strong and beautiful and in a contest right now to be on the cover of a health and fitness magazine so she is uh, going strong and so i was talking i was asking her about that before we we came in and i didn't know i didn't know mel before this right so this just makes this whole journey that I'm watching and with I'm with her I'm going to say that much more amazing but yes we are going to dive in and that whole concept again of people thinking oh I can do this there are things to start on your own when you're going from the inside and that's what I know for sure but I'm also putting it out there that again years ago and it was a very positive experience with an organizer but as you said Mel I things have come back again and I'm back in that process and it's like so here in this podcast we are rocking our next chapter so that concept of the women who are listening my listeners who are listening to us today a lot of them are just coming into retirement or have been retired for a little bit but are in that process now of really saying I've put this off for years and years these boxes in the garage and i'm going to deal with it when the kids when i'm an empty nester and all of that and then you've got perhaps perhaps a little bit more time but then there's still something stopping (laughs) stopping me for sure first of all i don't want to do it (laughs) but second of all it is that there is a process of going inside for sure so i'm going to turn it back to you if you can get us thinking about this and we're going to share how to work individually because i think it's well worth the time and the effort but for us just to get started with this internal work that i'm avoiding All right. (laughs) It looks like we get to have a conversation. (laughs) Um, You know, I love that you said that you don't want to do it. So how many out there would love for the organization and decluttering process to feel effortless, to be spontaneous, and to be fun? Yes, I just used the word fun when it comes to organizing and decluttering. Well, the best part is when you're going from the outside in, you're actually forcing yourself to do it. You're like dragging yourself, kicking and screaming. And it's like trying to get molasses to go up a hill in the middle of January, right? Doesn't want to go up anyway. Never mind, add the cold and it doesn't move, right? So it's like this forcing and this dragging and this struggle. And then you don't want to do it. But when you actually, because of that principle of correspondence that I talked about, the outside being a mirror of the inside, Whether you believe in it or not, it works. It's a law like gravity. And so when you become willing to look at the inner clutter, what you're really doing in that willingness is you're making energetic space. And we're all energetic beings, right? Everything is energy. And so you're making this energetic space inside. And because the outside has to match, you begin to make the corresponding space outside, whether you start clearing piles of clutter or you start putting different food in your mouth or consuming different things with your mind or the people that you spend your time with or being more selective in what you schedule on your calendar, every area of your life will start to improve. You'll start to make the corresponding space outside by making the space inside. And that's when it happens 
effortlessly. You actually are almost most of the time my clients like don't even do it consciously. When I when I started going from chaos to order, I never once scheduled time to clean my room. I'm like, oh, I'm going to spend 15 minutes once a week. It didn't happen that way. It literally happened spontaneously and effortlessly without planning it. And then I looked back at my life and I was like, oh, I was a cluttered mess. And then I just started clearing. Never once did I be like, oh, I'm going to clean my room today. So you will just find like all of a sudden you're going through the junk drawer, you're driving to the storage unit and you just start purging stuff. And the more space you make inside, the more space you'll make outside. Okay. That, that, that just, I have just started again, as, as we've been chatting and, and thinking about it more, this is the been honest to goodness if to look through this material and to take the time to go through Mel's book. That is a big shift that I've made only since I've been doing these podcast episodes. And I come into these podcast episodes for the month of May you know, saying that this is a process for me. I do not do a decluttering podcast for lots of reasons. I do not do a cleaning podcast or an organizing podcast, but I want to bring people like yourself on to, to talk about this and that concept of fun and the difference between, because I'm all about, cause I'm having a routine person. So I'm like, and I still will see, set that timer for 15 minutes or set that time on the weekend but here's the thing that you just talked about and made and people say this to me all the time do i have to have my checklist forever do i have to write a daily walk every day when does it become automatic and this is what you're saying i think and this has just been an aha moment for me that eventually this decluttering that might lead and i'm not even going there it might lead into organizing and cleaning but you're no longer setting the timer you're no longer setting the time it becomes a way that you operate it becomes a way that you keep creating space and that you flow through your day to keep creating more space to do the things that you love it's no longer a checklist item it is still a checklist item for me but my hope is through you and all of this discussion that we've had, I'm hoping for all of my listeners over this over this month of May, that the potential to have it integrated, to have more space and to see that every time you declutter, there is some fun, might be the word, fun maybe, but it might be a process to fun, but at least if you know that you are doing more than moving this piece of paper, you know, into the, into the recycling bin, that you have actually changed your relationship with that paper that might have been attached to a a person right that you've got the memory and that has been a aha coming through my experience with you so far so yeah and imagine imagine if you actually had to stop yourself from decluttering because it happens so spontaneously and you get like the wild hair across your butt at like eight o'clock at night. Oh, I want to purge this. But you're like, oh, if I start right now, I'm never going to sleep, right? <laughs> like that's what starts to happen. I went from the cluttered mess to someone who's like, I'm constantly purging. I always have a bag that's in my closet. I'm always purging. I'm always letting stuff go. And like, sometimes I find I'll get like 
I was laying in bed the other night. I'm like, oh, it's time. I want to start. I, I want to go through my closet again. And I'm like, no, you get to go to bed right now. And so finally I did it over. I did it. I did it on Saturday, but it was like, I have to stop myself because it, uh, I'll get the urge like late at night. And I know if I start doing it, like I'm just going to go like go through every, every space because I'm so good at making decisions now that it's like, I need to stop myself or I will not get to bed. So I'm like, okay, we'll do this over the weekend. We're not going to do this at nine o'clock at night while I'm laying in bed and it's coming across my mind. Oh my gosh. I like, and I'm, I'm excited to get there. And that concept of like, in that moment, you say, I am becoming a better decision. You just said it, right? I'm becoming a better decision maker. And how many of us are, are wasted energy from indecision over and over. And then I get caught in that and say, I just made this decision. I'm going to do a happy dance here. And that's just going to keep getting stronger. So yeah, I, I yeah. you said stronger because it's a muscle that you build. Yes. Right? So all of the clutter is accumulating because you're deferring the decision. You're avoiding it. Right. So this muscle goes into atrophy and it's like, it doesn't work anymore. So I teach my client, I want to give you guys a quick hack right now. This would be super supportive. So most of the, most of my clients are like, I can't make decisions. I can't decide about this, but, 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 well, the truth of the matter is you're just not willing to look and make a decision. But when you become willing to look and make a decision, it doesn't matter what your decision is. I don't care if you keep it or not, but you get to make a decision because all of the stuff accumulated because you weren't willing to make a decision. And it all accumulated over a certain number of years. Some people it's 10 years, some people it's 40 years, some people it's 60 years, doesn't matter how long, but just know that there's no way you're gonna decide to let go of everything all at once. Yes. And so you get to build the muscle, but here's the hack. This is the hack, okay? It's called the five second rule. You're gonna look at one item at a time, not two items at a time, don't pick up more than one. You're gonna look at it. If five seconds go by and you haven't decided whether you're going to let it go yet or not, you're just keeping it for now. No judgment. Move on. Next decision. Start doing the repetitions of making a decision. Yes. And what you're going to find is because you were willing to look, you will let go of 30 to 60% without even trying on average. Wow. And if you make, yeah. if you, if you use the five second rule, you can make, what is it? 12 decisions in a minute, 60 decisions in five minutes. So you could decide about 180 items in 15 minutes. So you can make a lot of decisions in 15 minutes. Oh, and it sounds, well, it sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like having a process for decision-making when we're just, we're in the mud, right? We're just, and yes, we go through, does this, you know, do I, will I use this again? What if I can? And so that's exhausting. That can yes. be exhausting. Yeah. And there, there's something in trusting that moment of you're making a decision, but it's very mindful. It's very yeah. mindful. Yeah. And it's just important to meet yourself where you are and know that it's actually unhealthy for you to decide about everything and try to let go of everything all at once. It's actually really unhealthy because all of the stuff that you've accumulated, really what it comes down to is that's like your great wall of China. It is your defense system. You've built it to keep other people out and to keep you out. 
from you. And so you can't just go tear oh, it all oh, down oh. all at once. Let's hold, let's just hold it right there. <laughs> that was amazing. Let's just wall, hold other people, hold you. Say that again, my dear. Yeah. So your stuff is your great wall of China. You build it to keep other people out, but it also keeps you from you. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It keeps you safe from having to feel anything uncomfortable, having to feel the pain. We're, our brain is hardwired to keep us away from anything that's uncomfortable. Yes. It's survival. So we don't yeah. want to feel the pain. That's why we're, that's why we built these walls of stuff. We just keep avoiding and avoiding and we shop and we eat and we, we get overwhelmed and we get in the unhealthy relationship or we scroll on social media or whatever it is because we don't want to be with ourselves in the present moment. And how are we, this is what, as you have suggested, have put forth as a wonderful way to be in the present moment, the, oh, Mel, it's gonna escape me right now. It is, it's it's the now, it's being the in the now, now. allowing yeah. the now. Yeah. I love that. Allowing the now has a very nurturing, a very open, good feeling around it. How do you use allowing the now? Yeah, I mean, it's exactly as it sounds. It's learning to allow the moment to be exactly as it is and being willing to look. So we've spent our entire lives on the run from ourselves. Like, don't want to see you. That's why the deferred decision. It's like, nope, don't want to see you. Nope, don't want to see you. Not going to look. And the allowing the now is the willingness to look. It's the willingness to look within at your own experience and allow your experience to be your experience, whatever's happening in the moment. It's literally just stopping what you're doing and being willing to look at you. And I'll tell you, it can be terrifying. It's not comfortable to look what's in there. Like we're scared. There's a reason why we haven't done it all these years. I mean, I had a client who was working with me and he's like, I don't know if I like, I'm not, I'm going to change his name. I don't know if I like that John guy. I don't really want to hang out with him. But the more and more he did the practice, it's like, oh, this John guy's not so bad. I kind of like him, you know? Yeah. And so is it terrifying? Absolutely. Absolutely. It takes yeah. great courage to be willing to look. This journey is not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. But it's just being willing to look. And when you become willing to look, the willingness is what actually makes the energetic space. Hmm. Lovely. And so that's what I teach my clients is first to be willing to look, then how to look. And then as you're becoming willing to look, then that inner clutter, the more you become willing, starts to surface. So I really walk with my clients hand in hand and shoulder to shoulder as they navigate that, as the limiting beliefs come up, how to shift the limiting beliefs, as the, the emotions come up, actually how to process them and release them and all the judgments and the fears and all of the resentments that start to come up, really how to let that stuff go and process it so that you're making even more space and how to navigate that. Cause if we knew how to navigate it, we would have done it a long time ago. And so. <clears throat> well, exactly. And that 
the question of do we need to do we have we don't have to do anything but that's the question we get to we get to do we get to right do we get to do this internal work it's like you know with the with the checklist again okay so i've done my internal work now i can declutter so that's that's as much as it can be separated i'm not going to say in other sometimes in my mind as well and as you're saying it's a process that that comes together and that you can actually like give yourself a huge pat on the back when you are going when you deal with one box or one pile that you have done some i don't know some inner well some inner work for for yourself and then am i guessing mel as i say then you might come up against well that wall again right you're gonna you might flow for a little bit and just see like okay this makes sense especially in different boxes and different rooms in your house so my closet is very different than my piles of paper that are obligations and and relationships and if i don't do this i'm hurting i'm letting somebody down compared to my closet which is oh i just want to be able to get out the door a little faster or you know so different areas are different inner clutter are and the closet might be yeah because then you have the part of your closet that is yeah i can't wear those right now i can't wear this so you've got that and then to your desk and then to your and then to your kitchen and so how do you describe that that just yeah so, the... well here's the thing is that you know there's just some things that are easier to make decisions about and some things that are harder so it really comes down to what's easier for you to make decisions about things that are more like you have more emotional attachment to or less emotional attachment to but here's the beautiful thing about what i teach is you never need to figure out why you're holding on to something to eventually let it go we call i call the why mental masturbation <laughs> because you don't need to know why it's like we want to like why am i hanging on to this why da, 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 da. Yeah. you don't need to know why like i literally had these books that i was super attached to that i had been carrying around from like 1998. i read them i referenced them they were really powerful spiritual books in my life and I was super attached to them. I never figured out why I was attached to them. But about two years ago, I was sitting in my chair here, like I carried them from 1998 to like two years ago. Okay, so we don't, you let go of what you're ready to let go of when you're ready to let go of it and not a moment sooner. I'm sitting down in my chair and I'm putting my shoes on and I look up at my bookcase and I'm like, oh, it's time for you to go now. Never did I figure out why it was just like oh okay so then i put them on a cute little table took a picture put them on facebook because if it's not on facebook it doesn't happen right <laughs> <laughs> and then i put them in the donate bag but it was 20 years of carrying these books around and i never figured out why didn't need to figure out why to eventually be ready to let them go so you don't need to know why yeah but here's the thing and also it's not this like Oh, I'm going to do the inner work and then I'm going to start doing the outer work. Like a lot of my clients, they want to start working on the external. But here's the thing. When you do the inner work, the external is going to happen spontaneously and effortlessly on its own. You get to be patient. You get to trust the process. 
it has been accumulating for years and years and years and years and years for some people, right? So it's going to take what it takes. If you force yourself ahead of time, you're still going to feel like you're dragging yourself. If you want it to be easy, effortless, and fun, let it happen from the inside out. Trust the process. Beautiful. And that's why the desk is decluttered and then cluttered and, de and cluttered and decluttered. And so in the last few minutes of our time together, if someone, and you could use me if I was, if I was going to walk in and look in my office and just go, okay, I'm just, I'm not going to go move the, those papers and those piles again, and I'm not beating myself up over it. I, I what I'm going to tell you right now is just going to be going in with a different relationship. It's going to be going in. I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to breathe. This is the thing. This is what I do. This is who I am. But my clutter has been separate from who I am. That's another aha right there, Miss mm -hmm. Mel. That is another aha for me. My clutter is something that I've had to do. My clutter mm -hmm. is a, a process that I've had to, and that I've spoken to all of you on, on these last few episodes about. But it is not a separate entity. It is who. It is part of me and who I am and part of my family and part of my history. And, and that is for all of us. And so to give it the grace, give yourself the grace to sit in that space for a few minutes as you did. Books are hard for me too. I get that. And if I could sit in that space and not, if nothing happens, nothing happens. But if something happens, something happens. Yeah. And that is huge. Oh my gosh, Mel is okay. So I'm bubbling, bubbling, <laughs> bubbling over here. So we're going to put the link to your book in the show notes, declutteringspaces.com. Am I right on that? Is the website. Yep. Is the website, Instagram, all Mel. Yep. Instagram yeah. decluttering expert. Uh, Instagram is decluttering spaces, I think, at decluttering spaces, yeah. And I'm just going to say, as I registered in the book and your emails are so helpful, they're short, they're sweet, they, they bring you on a journey as well, which is fantastic. Mel, is there anything else that you want to want to share, want to, that we didn't co cover? It feels like a whole other episode coming. I know, I'm like, it sounds like we need a part two, right? Uh, totally. uh, so really quick, one thing that I'll say is, you know, you were mentioning, you know, you clear off the desk and the paper comes back, you clear off the desk and the paper comes back. So here's one thing I want to say is that as you're making the corresponding space inside, it doesn't mean that the clutter is never coming back, but what happens is your tolerance for it changes so that you may have like piles and piles and piles and then you clear it and then the piles are lower before you do something about it and then they're less and then they're less. So your tolerance level will change till you get to a point where you just don't want to clutter up your desk anymore. One, one little point that I want to say there and then the book, it's called Freedom from Clutter, the guaranteed foolproof step-by-step -step process to remove the stuff that's weighing you down. And we know it's not about the stuff. And you can get that at freegiftfrommel.com. Or if you go to my website, the landing page, you can download it right from there as well. Um, and then if you yeah, just Google me, Mel Mason, the clutter expert, I have a YouTube channel. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, you know, wherever you want to find me. But here's the thing. When you download the book, you will get an opportunity to get a break free from clutter session with me. It's absolutely free. It is a $497 value. All you need to do is hit reply with the word clutter 
to the email that you get and then I will send you a link to schedule. Oh, that is fantastic. Thank you so much. Yes, because I'm on a mission to empower the world to get free from clutter inside and out so you can thrive in every area of your life. Well, full circle from the beginning to now with so many gems, so many ahas, quotable quotes. I'm just like, stop there. I'm going to be going through this, through this audio and making my notes and, and moving forward. So this has been, um, it's been, yeah, you have shown more than anybody else that I know that this is life changing. That there's, there's, I mean, it doesn't even do the justice to say that this is a process. This is a, a life-changing process. So, um, and I don't ask you to do anything I haven't done. Like I've walked this path, like mm -hmm. everything I teach is a result of me getting through my own clutter in all the manifestations, the physical clutter, the drugs, the weight, the relationships, the debt, the being too busy. Like I've walked through all of it. And now to pay it forward, that's all. And you you are, I can just see you sparkle when you talk mm. about bringing it forward, paying it forward. Uh, so Mel, thank you so much for spending this time with us and everyone listening, keep following Mel. And yeah, we, we are going to be doing something again for sure. <laughs> Most definitely. Thanks so much for having me, Lori. Pleasure. All right. Have a great week, everybody. And uh, reach out with any questions, any comments as always. And I'll talk to you again next week. If you love this episode, I guarantee you're going to love exploring all the amazing opportunities that await us in reclaiming our awesomeness together. So come on over to my Facebook group, Women's Wellness Community for Women Wanting to Rock Their Me Now Years, or let's connect over on Instagram at HabitGuru365 and make the Habit Guru podcast your healthy new habit.